Service Delivery Watch on the Morning Bliss. On Service Delivery Watch, uh, right now we are joined uh, telephonically by Dr. Tabo Diseko, who's the president of Lintzwi Labatu LLB. Now, they've sent out a letter uh, to uh, uh, their uh, authorities in government asking them to attend to some of their uh, service delivery uh, uh, cries and issues from the community of Kailicha informal settlement. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Disego, for joining us. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Patricia. Thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. Uh, describe to us what is uh, happening on the ground when it comes to lack of service delivery in Kailicha informal settlement. Well, uh, Patricia, I think this is a common problem across the country, but uh, I would argue that um, service delivery challenges uh, are the highest in the free state. And I'm saying this because if you remember, I think it's uh, towards the end of last month, the Auditor General of South Africa released a report on the audit findings for the municipalities. And it was found that uh, throughout the country, uh, in the free state, none of the municipalities uh, achieved clean audits. Now that in itself, because even before you read the, the contents of the uh, auditor's report, it tells you that the entire free state province is dysfunctional. In fact, one would go as far as saying uh, we know that the Mangawu Metro in the Free State uh, is the only metro in the country ever to be put under administration. Not just once, but twice, because it was put under administration under the province. Then later on, after a period of two years, it was placed under administration of national government. It's three years under administration, so it's almost the entire term of the council that the metro has been under administration. So it has been controlled at the provincial and national level, the council has really been useless in a sense because then they were not able to fulfill their constitutional obligation. That is why there is such a dire situation when it comes to service delivery. Now, coming back to your question in Kailicha, Kailicha is an informal settlement. The communities invited us there to say, we know the councillor, but we never get to see the councillor because the councillor doesn't live amongst us. So the councillor is just a councillor in the name. It's not serving the people that elected him into that position. So in other words, the people are on their own. That's why they invited Lenzilaba to LLB to come and see for ourselves, you know, the realities on the ground. The shacks there are almost next to each other. And it's in an area where when it rains, like now it's winter, it's a, it's a very bad season in terms of the cold front and all that. Uh, the whole place is flooded. There are no roads. There's no proper sanitation. But because it's an informal settlement, there's no housing. But what makes it even worse, if you go into the IDP, which is the in- uh, Integrated Development Plan of the Metro, it shows that there are 3,005 households in Kailicha. In other words, 
There's at least 3,000 shacks in that area. But what does the municipality do? It shows what it's doing in all the other areas. But when it comes to Kailicha, there's nothing planned for Kailicha. So in other words, the municipality doesn't have a plan for Kailicha as an informal settlement. There's no plan to provide people with basic services like water and sanitation. And we know the free state, there's a huge challenge of a cholera outbreak. But there's a complete and total collapse of service delivery in the free state. And the, the people of Kailicha are, are some of those that are feeding the brunt of the incompetence and corruption in the free state. Hmm. Um, before we go into uh, the, the various uh, service delivery issues that you attribute to corruption, um, explain to us what Linswi Labatu LLP is. Thank you very much, Patricia. Linswi Labatu, as you correctly said in your intro, it is a political party. But the difference with uh, all political parties that are there is driven by the people. So in other words, it is the voice of the people. In fact, uh, Lentila Batu, uh, you, you, you can say it in Isizulu, Isikosa, it is the voice of the people. So what it means is that ordinary citizens of this country, their voice can be heard. Because at the present moment, it's only the, the, the Paul Mashatiles of this world, the Cyril Ramaphosa, and the powerful political uh, personalities in this country who gets their way in terms of what they want. But the ordinary citizens on the ground, no one is bothering to listen to them, except when it's time for elections. They, they, they create these jobs like we've seen in Houting. They give people food parcels. You know, but really, at the end of the day, the people don't have a say in where this country is going. Now, that's why we have Lindsay Labato, LLB. It is a political party that is driven by the people to give the people the voice. And the intention and the aim of Lintulabatu is to ensure that we elect ethical leaders. Because for the past 30 years that we have democracy in this country, and the people never had a voice. Now it's time for people's voice to be heard. So in other words, the challenges that we have in our societies, the people must have a say to say, these are the challenges that we have, and this is what we would like to see happening. So for example... Um, if you go to Kailicha, like we've uh, had a community meeting there, the people say, Lentilabatu, as a community of Kailicha, these are the challenges that we have. And this is what we would like to see happening. We live in abject poverty. We live in squalor conditions. Uh, we want to see uh, our situation improve. We would like government to support us, to create jobs, to improve the infrastructure here, and to build houses for us. Now, the voice of the people gets to the highest office in the land through Lindsay Labatu. And Lindsay Labatu, in other words, directly represents the people in the communities. It doesn't represent powerful politicians, government officials, and business people. It represents the ordinary citizens of this country. Now, this is a political party that was established last year in uh, July. In fact, now we'll be celebrating our one-year anniversary of existence because it was started on the 26th of July last year. And we were registered uh, in November by the Independent Electoral Commission, the IEC, as a national political party. So, yes, most of our work, we do it in the free state. But we are a national political party with membership in many parts of the country. So we've been around for just under a year, but we are already making inroads and growing the party across the, the length and breadth of the country. And we launched officially this party uh, in April this year, because what we had to do when we started was to go into communities and listen to what the people are saying.
So that's what makes us stand out because we are a representation of the voice of the people. So we represent what the people are saying because we listen to the people and we come with strategies how we address the challenges on the ground for the people. Mm, very interesting work that you Hello. You do. Now, let's uh, go back and, and zoom in on specific areas. Are you still there, Dr. Diseko? Yes, I lost you for a minute, but um, I can Diseko. hear you loud and clear. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, load shedding is one of the things. Yes, we hear you loud and clearly. Load shedding is one of the challenges we are facing, and it affects uh, network connectivity. But I'm glad you're here. So, um, in, in uh, one of the... Uh, in, in one of the paragraphs on your statement uh, that you have sent, you say that uh, the 2023-2024 IDP of the Mangawung uh, Metropolitan Municipality uh, states that the 3,005 households uh, in the informal settlement um, are noted, uh, yet the municipality's IDP does not state or specify any service delivery inter- in, uh, interventions or development plans for this particular area and its plight. And it's been over 20 years since this informal settlement has been on the ground. What are the specific areas of concern in this community? You you know, Patricia, uh, like we do in all the communities uh, that we visit and engage with, we listen to what the people say. And we use the expertise and the knowledge that we have to say, let's work together to resolve the issues and the problems that you have in your area. So we start by listening to the people. So ideally, we would have liked, because here's one thing, you you just mentioned the problem of load shading. You and I have load shading once or twice a day, you know, or now that uh, it was stage four, maybe once a week, you know. But the set and the reality of the matter is that in Kahelicha, there is no electricity at all times, it's not only when there is lotion. People don't have uh, electricity supply infrastructure there. They don't have electricity in their shacks. So imagine a life without the basic necessities like electricity. So that's the situation on the ground. The people use pit toilets there. In fact, uh, I, I saw on the news this morning and last night, the, the premier of the free state, Nicole Situkwana, and the minister of human settlement, because we've taken this matter with the Human Rights Commission. Now all of a sudden they have what they call an imbizo. They call their friends, their aunts and their grandmas to an imbizo. They don't call the people. You know, so it's a public stunt that they are doing to create an impression that they listen to the people. But they, they, they lie on their laurels and they do nothing. When a political party like Lindsay Labatu takes the matter up with the relevant authorities, now they put up this public stunt to create an impression that they're doing something for the people. But we know it's just because the elections are coming. Now, the reality on the ground is that in Kaelicha, right in the heart of Bluefontein, in the Mangawu metro, people live in shacks. The shacks are hardly a meter apart. Now, what happens when there's a flood? The whole area is flooded. When there's a fire, like we see, it happens all the time in the Western Cape. Uh, the whole area is flooded. When there's a fire, the whole area is burned down. And when there's an emergency, the, the, the emergency vehicles like ambulances, fire trucks, you name it, cannot have access to that area because it's such a congested area, and that poses a health hazard. Now, to come to your question, uh, in an ideal situation, we, we were going to say, okay, let's have 
uh, uh, proper sanitation built and constructed so that people can have toilets and water. People share a communal tap like people used to live back in the 80s, in this day and age. A thousand shacks share one or two uh, taps in that area. People don't have running water in their houses. People share pit toilets. You know, it, it takes away the dignity of the people. There's no proper roads. But the, the, the real solution that we are proposing, that's why we've written to the Metro and the Department of Human Settlements in the Free States, is to say in your budget annually, there is a budget for housing. These are vulnerable communities. Provide them with decent housing, low-cost housing or social housing. It doesn't matter what they call it, or RDP houses. Why we say that? Because that area is not fit for human habitation. It's in a flat line. So in other words, every time there's a rain, the whole place is flooded. But also, there's no proper planning in terms of how the, uh, the shacks are built. So what needs to happen is people need to be relocated. So the Department of Human Settlements in the Free State need to prioritize the people of Kailicha and say we are going to build 3,000 or 4,000 houses, RDP houses or social houses or whatever they call, and say these people, they are a priority. These are the vulnerable communities. These are people that live in abject poverty. Let's provide housing for these people. And they relocate these people to the houses that they're going to build. And what happens when you build a house, there's proper planning. Now people have a site. People don't have sites there. You know, one shack is facing east, one shack is facing west, and in, in all the directions. Now, when there's proper planning for houses, people will have decent housing. And what happens when you bring decent housing? You bring, you bring water and sanitation. There is roads. People's lives are being improved. That is why we have a government, not to serve the pockets of the corrupt politicians and government officials, but to serve the interest of our people and protect the dignity of our people. So that's why in the submission that we've made to the MEC of Human Settlement, Keto Makume, we've indicated that a priority for the people of Kailicha is for these people to get houses. And as you said, the IDP there doesn't say anything. We've written to the executive, the acting executive mayor there to say, he must make sure that in the IDP, they uh, allocate funds to build houses for those people. So in the main, there's a whole plethora of issues and challenges in terms of service delivery, but the only solution that can address the, the whole problem that we find in Kalisha is to ensure that these people are being built houses and then being relocated to the place where those houses can be built. Because that area in itself, it's not suitable for human uh, habitation. Let's go to a quick break and we'll be back with more with Dr. Tabo Diseko from Lindsay Labato. Service Delivery Watch on the Morning Blaze. Our guest is uh, Dr. Tabo Diseko, who is the president of Linswi Labatu LLB. We are focusing on the Kailicha informal settlement in Mangawu municipality. And uh, if you are in uh, that area or you've got family or friends living in that area, please share with us your experience um, by sending a WhatsApp to 0614. 104107. Dr. Disego, what you described before we went to the break, especially around uh, no water, no uh, abolition facilities, 
uh, no sewage infrastructure seems like a huge health hazard. How are the residents of the Kailiche informal settlement surviving these conditions for the past 20 years? Uh, Patricia, our people don't have a government. Uh, people have to figure out how to survive. As we said, this is a health hazard because uh, people don't have proper water and sanitation. Now, I'm sure the issue of a cholera outbreak in this country is uh, underreported because I would like to believe that it's worse than what we've been uh, fed on, on media and uh, 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 in the reports by government. Now, people live in abject poverty. People live in squalor conditions. People, the mechanisms that are there for people to raise their concerns are not working because the people that are deployed there themselves are incompetent. We have the highest level of incompetence in this country because of cadre deployment. We deploy incompetent people. Yes, we want people to work, to get jobs, to provide for their families, but let's put the right people in those positions. Now, unfortunately, it's only Lindsay Labatu at the present moment that that is really listening to the people and ensuring that you will restore and protect the dignity of our people. But unfortunately, there is absolutely nothing that has been done by the government in this country and the government in the free state to address the plight of the people there. Now, it's been going on for over 20 years, as we've said in that letter, but nothing has been done. So the only way, really, is for ethical leaders, women and men of integrity, to go into these institutions of government, into the municipalities, into provincial government, and make sure that only competent officials are appointed in positions to serve the people, not to perpetuate uh, this inequality, poverty, and corruption. And what happens now? There's high levels of crime because people are trying to survive. It becomes a jungle. People live in a jungle. So it's just unfortunate. I wish I had good news to say people have somewhere where they can go. I mean, you find it even difficult to drive it doesn't matter what kind of vehicle you drive there. So unfortunately, uh, we have to resort to extreme measures. That's why, for example, in another area in the free state, we had to take uh, the MEC of Human Settlement and the Premier to the South African Human Rights Commission because that is the only language they understand. They will ignore the plight of the people. They will ignore the plight of the stakeholders that speak on behalf of the people up until there is an intervention from a chapter nine institution up until there's intervention in terms of investigations of crime, I mean, of corruption in government. So unfortunately, the people have to make means to survive because government is not there to serve them. So only the voice of the people, Lindsay Labatu is there to listen to the plight of the people and try to intervene to resolve these problems, Patricia. So like I said, I wish I had good news, but unfortunately, the only good news that we have is that Excellent in Abatu, we are fighting to restore the dignity of our people because our government is corrupt and it's incompetent. Now, where this particular informal settlement is located, uh, what was there before um, it was established? So, 21 years ago, what was on uh, that uh, area? You know that area, uh, Patricia, I mean, myself coming from the free state, I lived from back in the 80s in Bluefontein. Most of these uh, 
informal settlements erupted just after 94, you know. And uh, it's an area that they call the plot. So the plot is like your, your smallholder farming areas. So those areas used to be smallholder farming areas where uh, a farmer would, uh, maybe in an area of 10 hectares or so, use that land for agricultural production. But with the influx of people and the free movement of the people in the country, then this uh, informal settlement started to mushroom. But we don't blame the people. We blame the government because there's no proper planning in terms of human settlement planning to ensure that people uh, don't um, uh, uh, set up their structures in an area that is not meant for, for human habitation. Like I said, those are the plots. We call them the plots. It's an informal um it's a smallholder farming area. It's an agricultural area that was used for agricultural production and farming. But now, with the influx of the people, people started to move into those areas closer to the city. But that area is right in the heart of Bluefontein. Uh, if you go to in the direction of a place called Divestor along the N8, you off-ramp into that area. So it's right in the center of Mangawu, but uh, the place has been neglected. And it's not only Kailicha, but the plight of the people of Kailicha is enough to break your heart, uh, 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 Patricia, because people live in abject poverty. So, yes, that's an area that's right in the center of Mangaung, right in the center of Bluefontein, because Mangaung is a broader metro that covers a number of other areas, including Butabelo, Tabanchu, Divestop, and so on and so forth. So this is right in the city of a metro, but there's nothing that's happening in that area. And to answer your question, to say when did this thing, uh, I cannot give you an exact date, but I know it, this happened just after the dawn of democracy and people started to move into those areas. But there was no proper planning, but there's thousands, if not millions of people that live in that area. Okay. A lack of proper planning, um, as you put it. Um, who was supposed to plan? If 21 years ago it was vacant land, it was a plot, with no... Uh, um, um, informal settlements. Who was supposed to plan for it? And how come um, the, the, the uh, people who have chosen to inhabit this vacant land 20 years ago um, stayed that long without any intervention? You know, um, you know, everything comes down to corruption. Because what happens is people set up this... Are you still there, Patricia? Uh, Patricia Aflosky, we are, are you we are there? hearing you loud and clearly. Okay, sorry, there, there was a slight uh, break in communication there. Um, I'm saying uh, people, because of corruption that is endemic in our government, uh, they will set up, um, you know, their shakes anywhere there's a piece of land because there's no rule of law in this country. We are a lawless society. So the government is failing to fulfill its constitutional obligation of ensuring that people uh, obey and follow the rules of this country and the laws of this country. So if somebody sets up a check there, the law enforcement officers should be able to immediately take the necessary steps. In fact, we saw just now, early this week, in a place called Nyanga, uh, in Cape Town, where people erect their checks right on the railway lines. You know, so... Where the trains are supposed to be moving, people set up the shacks there. And that railway line has to be closed because government was not there to provide proper um, uh, housing for the people. Now, the same thing happens with this area where, unfortunately, people find a piece of land and they set up. And with the hope that because of this corrupt uh, 
government where people are given houses, they would also get houses. So I think that's a logical conclusion that one can come to, to say people had hopes and expectations that if they set up checks here, sooner or later they should be able to get houses because their friends also got houses. So that's why we see such a proliferation of informal settlements. Unfortunately, it becomes a permanent problem because government doesn't have plans to address this. The policies and the, the plans are there, but they're not being implemented correctly because people are stealing from the poor. Now, you can walk in a beautiful suit, you know, look like a very respectable person, but only you know in your heart that you are corrupt and you are unethical because you steal from the very same poor people. So that is the challenge that we have in this country, that our people have expectations. But unfortunately, government is not there to provide for them. That's why there is lawlessness in this country. That's why people are building shacks everywhere. In fact, if you go to the free state now along the N8 between... Uh, Bluefontein and Chabancho. Now there's a mushrooming of sheds along the N8. It wasn't there a week ago. I drove there just on Monday. The sheds along the N8. Why government is not doing anything about it? People are taking the law into their own hands because government is failing to provide for the people. As you said, there is lack of proper planning. Instead of planning and working for the people, they want to see how they can enrich themselves. So that is the problem that we have in this country. And the only solution is to remove this government and elect ethical leaders that care about the people and that are going to serve the people. So we cannot blame our people because people expect leadership. They expect government to provide for them, to create jobs for business to grow, to economy to grow, so that we can become a vibrant economy where people's dignity is protected and everyone has got an equal shot to live their life to their fullest potential. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. Service Delivery Watch on the Morning Bliss. Our guest is Dr. Tabo Diseko, who is the president of Lindsay Labatu LLB. Now, as uh, we are about to wrap up our conversation, uh, Dr. Diseko, um, who did you send this letter to, uh, just highlighting the plights and what is the expected outcomes from your side? Um, Patricia, we addressed this letter to the political head of the Department of Human Settlement. But let me just give you a quick background. Uh, we've written on a number of occasions to the authorities in government. Uh, the current premier of the Free State, he was just uh, not long ago the MEC of Human Settlement. So we have written to him. By that time, the premier was Messi Mantombela. We have written to Mantombela because these politicians and their government officials, they suffer from the same sickness or illness. They ignore the plight of the people and they wish that these problems would just die away. Because they know the people, no one listens to the voice of the people. The people are voiceless. You can shout at the top of your voice and nothing will happen. And that is the, 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 the system and that is the, the tricks that they use to silence the people. Now, we've written to Nkolo Sidikwani when he was the Minister of Human Settlement. They call it COX because it includes 
cooperative governments and traditional affairs. He ignored our correspondence. So this is not a new problem. It's a problem that has been there. But now he's the premier. Now there's a new MEC, Keto Makume. Now this gentleman, he's the MEC of human settlement. We've written to him to highlight the plight of the people of Kailisha to say... All uh, right, Dr. Disego, because of time, I need to wrap up. Tell me uh, the this current letter. Um, what is the outcomes that you are expecting? Well, unfortunately, as I've said, uh, Patricia, the authorities are ignoring us, and the only logical uh, process that we're going to follow is to take this to a Chapter 9 institution like we've done in Tabancho. We've taken the matter of housing to the South African Human Rights Commission. So clearly, we've written to the municipality as well. They're ignoring that correspondence. So we'll be escalating this matter to the South African Human Rights Commission. But we will also, we've taken this matter up with the speaker of the legislature in the free state to make sure that these people account for providing, for lack of services for the people of Kailisha in Mangau Metro. Thank you very much for highlighting these plights. I hope that you will get a response from your letter and uh, see some changes. Please do stay in touch with us so we are abreast of the developments. That is Dr. Tabo Diseko um, from Lintu Labatu. A-teamers, it is time for us to head on home. It's 5 o'clock. The news are coming up. May goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success.